Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Two services. It's going to be interesting to see what happens at the 1130 because uh, some of them have been coming to the early service and we'll see what happens. But we're delighted that you're here this morning and that you are with us. Today's a special day. We're going to do some uh, special stuff this morning. And so we're delighted that, that you're going to be a part of that. Let me just stop and say this. I, I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity last week to go spend some time with some special uh, people in our lives. As you know, uh, my best friend's Father fell on the ice a couple, I guess about a month and a half ago and passed away as a result of it. And so we had felt like we needed to go spend the day with um, my second mom and we were able to go take her out to eat. And uh, it was a lot of fun and we enjoyed that. But I appreciate Tari bringing the word and uh, I heard he he did a great job. (laughs) Yep. And so uh, I appreciate that, Tari. He says, I'm stretching him. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm stretching him. <laughs> uh, problem is, is, if I stretch him, I'll try to stretch some of y'all too, and some of y'all get nervous. So uh, I'm an equal opportunity stretcher. So uh, uh, I saw I saw somebody post something on Facebook, and they were like all really good. Uh, it was Brett Smith. And, you know, it's a couple that's been coming to our church now for, I don't know, seven or eight months, nine months. A year. Has it been a year? Man, it's gone by fast, and they're growing in leaps and bounds. And they're, uh, you ought to go on to uh, – Melissa's Facebook and read her testimony of what God has done in her life. It's been incredible. But Brett was, uh, he was um, posting sermon notes. I don't know where he got them from, but I, I tried to stretch him. I said, man, you keep putting this stuff out. I'm going to make you preach. He quit, he quit posting. I don't know what happened. So uh, anyway, well, I need your prayers this morning. I woke up yesterday not feeling great. Uh, I, and I feel for all of you that have been battling this stuff, I am just believe we're going to get over all this stuff quick, amen. So if I don't hug you up real close, you'll understand I'm doing you a favor, um, <clears throat> and uh, I'll give you a fist bump or whatever. But uh, um, we're going to start this morning, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do my best to have a voice by the end of this. I'm, I'm not going to preach real hard. In fact, let me just say this, uh, I did this last year, uh, the same kind of thing. But I want to make sure that you kind of understand what we're doing. If you're a first-time guest with us this morning, then let me say a few words specifically to you. Um, we're basically going to have a family meeting this morning. We don't do business meetings, and everybody said, amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We've been delivered. Uh, so we don't do that, but we do have some family meetings, and we always try to start the year off with one of those family meetings. And so I'm not going to attempt to preach some powerful, earth-shaking revelation to you this morning. Basically, we're going to uh, t- get brothers and sisters and family members together and talk about where we are as a, as a family. And so if you're a first-time uh, visitor, then I want you to give us a second chance. Come back next week. We start a brand-new series next week called Tactics. It's going to be an interesting service next week. Let me just say that. We're doing something entirely different. Um, and so... Uh, Come back and, and enjoy that. But today you're going to get a glimpse behind the curtain of passion. And the reason we do this, let me just explain why we do this. Uh, we call it the state of the church. I don't know that that's probably the right way to call it. But we do this. Uh, I do it for your benefit. But let me just be straight up honest with you. I do it for my benefit. Uh, the reason is if you, if you talk to any of our leaders, you understand very quickly that I am so type A that I don't stop 
and reflect and celebrate very well. By the time we get somewhere, the truth is, is I'm already bored with it and I'm on to the next thing and I won't stop and celebrate at all. I don't need to. I'm done. I'm ready to go to the next thing. And, and, and so this is a practice for those of you that are like me that need to stop long enough and reflect and remember what God is doing to, uh, through us and for us. And so I want you to join me, if you will, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. <coughs> 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And I want to read to you. I, I, I stumbled across this in my uh, reading time. And when I read this, I instantly realized that it was a word for me in how I'm supposed to approach when you start thinking about what God has done. And it's a reminder to be reminded. Here it is. First Chronicles chapter 16, beginning in verse 8. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nation what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. I just need to stop right there and say God's good. We forget that sometimes he's good, and we forget to reflect and think just about how good he is sometimes, and his goodness never changes. He says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he's pronounced. We Sometimes we want to just think about the good and forget about the judgments too, but but it, there's got to be a balance there. But he says we ought to remember those things. You, his servants, the descendants of Israel, his chosen one, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Um, fortunately for me, as much as I tend to fail to remember, I am in very good company. Because what I've realized is that one of the chief characteristics, when you read through the Old Testament and you read about the children of Israel, when you pull it all down, one of the chief characteristics and identifiable things about them is they were great forgetters. They often forgot. It seems like uh, they forgot all the time. In fact, as I begin to reflect on their forgetfulness, I realize that they seem to always be at one far end of the spectrum. Let me see if I can help you. It's like this. They were constantly caught up in either victory or defeat. If they were winning, they forgot about God. And if they were losing, they forgot about God. Right? Opposite ends. They, they, they were always caught up in either joy or the opposite end, pain. They were always caught up in, 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 in this, this pleasure or this pit, there, there was no, there was absolutely seemed to be no middle ground where they would land right in the middle and whether it was a good day or a bad day, they could stop in the middle and say, God's still good. It was one, of, one extreme or the other. They, they just seemed to forget. Well, uh, they, they seemed to forget when they were winning. They seemed to forget when they were losing. And here's what they forgot. They would forget God. They would forget his commands. They would forget his faithfulness. And so to combat that, this is what God did. Realizing that these people are so stinking forgetful, God goes all 3D on them. All right? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, he used tangible 3D ways to communicate and try to remind them about himself. Well, let, let me list you some of them. How about this one? Rainbows. 3D reminder. Piles of rocks, 
Here is a monument to remind you of what I've done. I've, I've brought you this. That's all he's doing is he's trying to remind them because they're so forgetful. How about, how about like this? Um, ceremonies. Bloody ceremonies to get their attention. Physical surgeries on the men. Y'all fill in the blanks here. That's a pretty good reminder. Tassels on the garments. Right? On and on and on. The only reason he did all that stuff was because he was trying to convince them and remind them and keep at their forefront of their minds that, that God is here, I've been faithful, I've helped you, I've assisted you, and whether you're on the top of the mountain or in the bottom of the valley, you're supposed to reflect and remember that I'm with you. That's why he did all that, all these attempts to help forgetful people to remember. But even with all those efforts, they continued to forget. And it seems to me that the children of Israel got into all the trouble that they got into most of the time based on one key thing, forgetfulness. They would forget. And so what would happen is while they're winning, they would take credit. And while they were losing, they would take matters into their own hands and try to resolve it themselves. I'm preaching now, and I'm not even yelling. All right? So that's... that. So I think it's essential then that what we need to do is we need to understand that God never reminded the people so that it would stop them from moving forward or progressing. This, this call to remember by God was not this call to sit down and reflect and long for the good old days. And then when you do that, squander your current opportunities or escape or refuse to face current challenges. He... he his purpose in reminding them was so that his track record of faithfulness could be revealed and trusted so that the people would maintain an attitude of gratefulness and so that they would then be motivated to push forward. Okay, y'all got to get that. That's the crux of this whole matter right here. He would remind them not so that they would sit down and say, oh, we long for the good old days. I wished it was like it used to be. I wished I could sit in the chair. I Okay. I wished the carpet. I, I wish so and so. No, he doesn't do all that to, to cause that. He causes them to be reminded so that they can draw on his track record and say, God is faithful. And because he's faithful, we're grateful. And because we're grateful, we want more of what God has and we press forward. Okay, that's, that's where we're going. See, here, here's the deal. Reflection was demanded so that they could see where they came from and also be inspired to move forward even through hard days to the purpose that he had called for them. Okay, here's why. If you don't remember, then what you do is you shrink back. And you begin to think today's challenges are too big if you don't remember that your God is bigger than what you're going to face right now. Okay, I'm not getting much help this morning, all right? Uh, yeah, okay, if you don't remember, you dream too small because you think you're on your own. If you don't remember, this is profound, you forget. I know that's profound because this afternoon you'll be trying, what did he say? What happens when we remember? I can't remember. We forget. Okay, now here's the, here's the opposite end of the spectrum. This is the balancing act. If you only remember, then what happens is you can bog down in what was. 
And if you only remember, you rest on your laurels and you settle for comfortable and memories become more important than momentum. Ever been around a group like that? Every time you want to do something new for God, they point you backwards and say, oh, if it was like it used to. Okay, some of y'all are not old enough for that. I've been there. I understand what I'm saying right now is true. So we've got to work out this balancing act, and that's what this morning is about. We want to reflect and remember what God has done, but we don't want to do so in a manner that causes us to do anything other than be thankful, be able to trust his track record, and then press forward into what God has for us. Yeah, I think there's some parallels for us. I, I think if we're not careful, each of us becomes so consumed with our lives and our own needs and our own challenges and our own victories and our own defeats and our own wins and our own blessings that we, we forget to reflect and remember. And what happens, and I know this happens because it happens to me. We wake up on January 1st and life happens and then we wake up the next January 1st and we don't even know where the year went. Anybody ever feel like that? Yeah. Where did 2014 go? Forget that. Where did 1986 go? Huh? Purple rain, man. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. Some of y'all do. Some of y'all, some, y'all don't even know. So. <laughs> uh, we need to recall how faithful God has been, and we need to reflect as we enter a new year and talk about what he did for us and then what lies before us. Let me just say this to you this morning as we get ready to start reflecting. May I declare to you this morning that, lest we doubt it, I declare that it is apparent that God has been with us. We are not forgotten. I did. I, I felt a few of you, but I didn't. I didn't get. We are not forgotten. We have not been overlooked. We have not been forsaken. When we begin to reflect, it is so apparent that God is with us, and we should be thankful. We're not weak. We are not weak. He has been good to us. He has shielded us. And he has guided us. I need my ushers to move quickly. We have a sheet that we've prepared for you. And we're not going to stay here long. But I just want to draw some attention uh, to some things. You'll be able to take this home and look over it and, and recognize God's handiwork in our midst. I think it's important for you to see what you're a part of and what God is doing. And I realize it's going to take a moment for them to get it to you. But as they're doing that, you'll be able to find this. We're going to go through our three core values, which is... Encounter, equip, engage. This is the purpose. This is why we exist. Everything we do falls into one of those three categories. Encounter, equip, engage. Encounter deals with our time together in services. It deals with uh, where opportunities that we have to meet God face to face. We had 47 th- salvations, 47,000, no, 47 salvations last year that we're aware of. Uh, I believe there's more than that, and I'll show you why I believe there was more than that here in a moment, but that we know of. People raised their hands in a service and said, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. 47 that we know of. I'm pretty, y'all ain't so excited enough. I, I, y'all don't have to celebrate. There's thousands and millions of angels having a party up in heaven every time. That's what it's really about. 
It's not about you just coming to get your spiritual goosebumps. It's about people being birthed out, out of darkness into light. And that's why we do what we do. Uh, you can see the number of visitors we had. I know that uh, we had a ton more than that because I gave away a ton of cookies this year for our first-time visitors. If you're a first-time visitor this morning, you get cookies, by the way. So thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, but... But we don't always get the cards. And so I, I would venture to say by the number of cookies we gave away this year, our number is probably two to three times that. But that's the ones that we got contact information. You can help us with that. Help us with that. How are we supposed to follow up on these folks? We don't bother them. We don't show up at their door. Like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, about the time the football game's on, we're not at their door. Not We just send them We send them free stuff, like a free Sonic drink. Uh, uh, we, 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 we send them a postcard just saying, hey, we want you to come back. And then so that they'll know they can come back and get their pizza the second week. Yeah, if you're a second-time visitor, you get free pizza. So, you know. We can't do that if we don't have contact information. And so you can help us. If you're sitting next to a visitor, when they try to escape, grab them. Say, hey, get cookies from the back. But to do it, you've got to fill out the little card. Help us in that. All right, that's enough of that. You see our average. Um, you see how many kids are in the children's church. Passion Iglesia, 24 uh, every Sunday. Uh, they had a, a high one Sunday a couple weeks ago of 178 or 171 or something like that. Just a, a great thing. You can see what our, our young people are doing on Wednesday night. If your teenagers and college students are not coming on Wednesday night, you need to be a part of that. Pastor Woody and Pastor Jesse and his team are doing an incredible job. They don't just play games. They're encountering God. Amen. You can see what our worship teams did. Go up to Equip. You can see how many people were involved in our uh, our pods, our places of discipleship, which is our small group ministry. Let me tell you that that's not enough. Uh, you, we need more people attending those small groups because you do not become a disciple by sitting in rows. You become a disciple by sitting in circles where you are in, integrated in each other's lives and relationships and you get to know one another and push one another to grow spiritually. You need to stop by the pod wall and, and look through those pods and find a pod. You go, well, there's not one there for me. Great, start one. We'll help you start one. Tari and Amy will help you start one. And, and, and it's just, it's wide open. You can do anything you want to do. Uh, well, almost. And, um, and, and, and invite people to come and enter into relationship with you. Uh, we gave away our college scholarships like we always do. You can see, I was surprised to see this. I went on Sermon Central, and, and I'm inflicting pain on more than just you. Um, 300,000 times full manuscripts downloaded from Sermon Central. You can see what our website is doing. People, you need to understand that there's more than go going on here than just what takes place in here. In fact, we got a letter from uh, one of my young men that uh, attended our youth group in Greenville from some, some crazy circumstances and no fault of his own, he's in prison right or jail right now, and he wrote us a letter. And I've been sending him my sermons every week. He's going along with us while we're. And he wrote me uh, this week. I got a letter from him saying he's handing those sermons out to all the prisoners. And, and they came back. Guy came in and said, "Why'd you give me that?" He said, "I just felt impressed to give it to you." And he said, "Man, it's helped me. Can I get some more?" And so it's it's things are happening outside of here. We we tend to get funnel vision, tunnel vision, and think it's only happening here, but it's it's impacting others. You can see how many podcasts. It's just been a great year. And then the one of the most important parts for us is our engage aspect where we reach outside these four walls. I'm not going to read them all to you, but two of the most significant things that happened this year is we launched Bears Club, which is a respite program from for families who have uh, with children with special needs. And we give them a break. 
once a month. They actually get to go out and have a, an enjoyable time together away from that, and, and, and we take care of their children. And then I'm so excited about this. Passion Iglesia was launched, and you can see how we helped our missionaries and how we helped global outreach and all the stuff that we've done, the coats that you brought. We just distributed those to 50 kids uh, this past week. Uh, five in the in the Bethany school system, the rest in the Overholzer school system right here across the street and one other school. And so we're, that, man, y'all make that possible. That's great stuff. And so you can see our giving, uh, where we are in our giving, and I'll come back to that a- as we stretch you. I told you I'm an equal opportunity stretcher. And then today you're going to be a part of a celebration of our new expansion where we completed our new parking lot so people know that we're actually here. And, uh, and that the place is not closed down, and you're going to see the outdoor seating, and, and you can see the figures there. But you can also see what we gave in our seed offering out of this congregation. We had other donations come in from outside this congregation, friends of the congregation. But just a little over $30,000. You'll remember last year at Easter, I challenged you for seventy-five. So we got to up that. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. So what, why do we take the time to do that? Because it reveals to us that God is faithful. He's so faithful to us. All these things are accomplished by his power and his might. We can't make this stuff happen on our own. Okay, I didn't get much agreement there. Maybe y'all think, well, you're better than you are. I, I just, I know where I stand. I know that unless he does this by, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, his spirit does all this, and we're just willing vessels that he utilizes. We ought to be thankful as a body that we can see what he's doing, tangible things that he's doing. I'm thankful. Father, I'm thankful right now. I just stopped right in the middle of my message. And I thank you for your faithfulness. This is only a part. We had to pick and choose certain things to put in. There are so many other examples of your faithfulness in our midst where people were hurting and we were able to respond. People were downtrodden and they came in and were encouraged where people were hungry and we were able to give them food. God, you've you've been so faithful to work through us and we just ask you to accomplish more this year. In Jesus' name, amen. So what he's done should now spur us to do even greater things. I got one, that's right. Because, see, what we really want to do is we just want to reprint this off next year and hope it's just as good. Man, I hope it's just as good. Just, it's just, this is mark time. We got 47 this year. Let's get 47 more, and then it'll be as, no, 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 no. We don't operate right like that around here. All right? We, we're a little more driven than that. I, I, I don't believe that we should remember and sit. Our reflection should simply refuel us and refire us to understand that he's called us to more. He's called us to more. In fact, I preached to you in the last series of Loaded. Everybody say, I'm loaded. The last sermon of that series, I told you that what he loads our lives with is satisfaction. And so I want us to be satisfied, but I don't want you to settle. I want you to be content, but I don't want you to become complacent. And so what we've got to do is we've got to pull on God and ask God, now what? Now that you've done all of this, what would you have us to do next? What do you want us to do? And, I, and I'm going to hurry through this. But I want, you to, I, want you to, I want to say this as a disclaimer. I'm not going to talk about outreach in this much because it goes without saying you understand that this church will never stop doing outreach. Okay? We will never cut the budget on outreach. 
we will never quit reaching out into our community trying to find unique and innovative ways to reach out into our community and pull attention to Jesus so people get saved. If you take that away, then none of the rest of this matters. Okay? So there are going to be multitude of opportunities for you to reach out this year. I'm not going to talk about much of that. I'm just going to talk about some of the six areas that I believe God is calling us to put some attention towards as a body, and, and then we'll go celebrate and cut a ribbon, all right? Okay. Just wanted some affirmation. All right. Okay, the first one is this. Here are six things that I feel like God is calling us to, and I'm going to try to explain them to you. The first one is this, and I put it first for a reason. I believe that God is calling us to more time in the altar. I have challenged you to become committed to one another in prayer. That's one of the kingdom climate characteristics we talked about was that we would become faithful in prayer for one another. And I am encouraging you to pray for one another away from this place because just praying for me on Sunday is not enough. I need you to pray for me more than that. Your pastor needs more prayer than that. You need more prayer than that. So I want you to become faithful to one another in prayer away from this building. All right? Okay. However... At the same time, I, I believe that part of the call of the body is that we must be transparent with our needs. We cannot help you if we don't know you're hurting. I've said this hundreds of times, I know. We don't have ESPN. All right, I do, but, but the other one, ESP. We don't know. We, we have people get so mad at us because we don't respond to their need, and we go, well, we didn't know you were hurting. We need to know. One of the ways that that happens is when you respond to the altar. So I am challenging you this year that what we're going to try to transition to is to be quick to respond to a call to the altar, quick to respond to pray for other people at the altar. Um, and you will remember that also uh, in that part about satisfaction in that last message, I told you that the strength of God often comes when we wait. And so what we are doing is we are attempting to work it so that we have more time for you to get into the altars and wait. And you say, well, Steve, how are you going to do that? Uh, are you going to, like, cut songs? Are you, are, what, what are you going to do? Well, we've already started it. We did a trial run just to see if it would work, and guess what? It worked. You know what we did? Anybody? We started using the ketchup card. Pastor Woody and I were driving. Where were we in Dallas? We were in Dallas driving back, and we're talking about that in the first service in particular, there's very little time for altar time because the next group comes in. The crazy folks come late, and they stay all day if they want to. Go right into the Hispanic service. We don't care. But y'all, y'all like, y'all need to get out so they can get in, right? Okay, well, we were talking, and what happens is, is when I have to review, because I think it's important for me to review to catch you up, in the last sermon of the climate change series, I took 20 minutes catching you up. I've got a friend who every week, that's all he does is catch him up from the last week, and then he gives him about, what, four minutes of new stuff at the end? I don't do that to you because I get bored and you get bored. So I'm not interested in doing it. It works for him. More power to him. doesn't work for me. So I try to give you new material. But by using the catch-up card in the second, third, and fourth week of a series, it freed us up almost 10 to 15 minutes of service in the trial run. So you're going to start getting catch-up cards every second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh week of a series, and it's going to free up time for you to come to the altar and respond. I recognize that some of the messages, like today, is not really like an altar call type deal, and we'll have some of those, but we are going to have times this year for you to come and spend some time in the altar. Okay, second, I'm challenging you 
that one of the things that God is calling us to is intentional, specific spiritual growth. Some of y'all are no closer to God now than you were 15 years ago. You haven't grown in your walk. And we are challenging you to grow. You rarely ever grow by accident. You have to intentionally, on purpose, do things to cause you to grow spiritually. Otherwise, you stagnate. Now, uh, y'all go start handing these out, ushers. Uh, what we've discovered is that most of our people struggle in one of four areas. There are four things that continue to come up. First, we continue to see marriages struggle. I've had all the divorce I ever want to see. It's ridiculous. I don't like it. I don't believe God likes it. He guides us. He helps us. Some of y'all are divorced, and it was no choice of your own. And We do not condemn you, but we got to do our part at the beginning to try to help you so that it doesn't end up there. Amen? I'm thankful God redeems. Amen. And I'm excited for some of y'all because y'all got some some new relationships and God's doing some great things. Second thing is we see our folks struggling financially. It's a struggle. Amen. I'll say it. It's a struggle. And we want to equip you. And third, we see men continuing to struggle with purity. Surprise, surprise. Every billboard, every magazine, every television show, it's ridiculous. And we continue to struggle with that. Women continue to struggle with their own identity and self-esteem with who they are in God. And so what we're doing is we're revamping Passion University, and for each quarter of this year, we're going to focus on one of those things. The first one is marriage. I had hoped to have a date for you for the, the uh, retreat, but it's been a nightmare trying to find an open date that would work. But we are planning a marriage retreat. You say, well, I've been married 25 years. You probably need a refresher because you're coasting. Uh, so this isn't just for young married couples. This is for everybody that's married. If you're engaged, come and see me. We'll work out housing arrangements so that you can go be a part of this. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to do Financial Peace University beginning every Thursday night. We'll, we're going to uh, jostle and juggle with the Hispanic church so that we don't uh, interfere with what they're doing. But we're going to be offering for nine weeks. They've cut it down to nine weeks. Thank Jesus. Financial Peace University. It will revolutionize your financial life. It's going to be powerful. Then we're going to do a retreat for the men where we deal with purity issues. And then the women are going to do a retreat. No excuses. I don't have the time. Baloney. We're giving you plenty of heads up that you can make it happen. You need to be a part. Well, that's not for me. Yes, it is. It's for every one of us. We want 160% participation. All right. Here we got to go. We're going to do renew services like we did this past year. And then I want you to join me. Um, this week, starting tomorrow, the the pastoral team, we are entering a week-long fast, and I call you to that. I'm not going to tell you what to fast. You make up that decision between you and God. But we are going to enter a week-long fast because we believe that God wants to do some incredible stuff with us this year. And I encourage you to be a part of that, and that starts tomorrow after we eat desserts tonight. <coughs> okay, whatever. Uh, second, third, numerical growth. I believe that God has pruned us. Some, we've made some significant changes in our structure, all for the intents of intentions of growth. We believe that God has positioned us for growth. We are, in fact, bringing in a church growth consultant. Our church and four, three other churches are combining together, and we're working with our leadership teams beginning the end of this month to 
get some input and some insight. We believe that God wants to grow this body. Why? Because everything that's healthy reproduces. Okay? Uh, so we want to grow. Well, here's what we know for a fact. With all the programs and help from a church growth, growth consultant and all that, it really still comes down to you inviting people. We can have the coolest stuff in the world, but if you don't invite people, so I encourage you, remember the double vision challenge? Who are you going to double? Who is your one assignment that God has given you that you're going to get here in the, in the next six months? Uh, and so I encourage you to do that. Fourth, pastor's porch. You will get to see our new area, but we're going to do this thing uh, where our first-time visitors, we're going to invite them once a month to come back on a, to a service, and after service we'll have a little get-together out there, and I'll be able to share for just a few seconds the vision of the church. But we also want to use this facility out here, this new deck that you're getting ready to see, as a place where we not only get together with new folks, but all of us get together and we build relationships. Some of y'all still don't even know each other's names, and it's going to be a great thing. The pastor's porch. Uh, four, fifth, online presence. I'm challenging our tech team to, to increase our online presence, and so we are uh, adjusting quickly to go to HD online. Thank the Lord. Have y'all ever tried to watch that for very long online? The sound is great. The picture's horrible. I know I'm not pretty, but on that thing, good gracious, it's... Man, uh, it's bad. So we're we're trying to. Danny's uh, got got us moving that way. One of the challenges we got to get some new cameras, and we'll be talking to you more about that. If you have a HD camera that you want to donate, you just talk to Danny; he'll gladly take it. And last but not least, is we want to complete the third phase of what we started, and that is to get the Passion Kids building. Why? Did you know this year that almost half the people we saw saved were children? And we need an enticing, inviting, exciting place for them to come and worship. And we want to see that thing completed. I do not want you to go out there and sit down and have coffee and go, whew, we're done. No. That's just, we, we did it this way on purpose because all of that prepares us to have that building out front and draw attention to the fact that we care about our children. Our children are still the least paid attention to part of our whole church, unfortunately. We have a... The great thing is we have a great children's team that's doing an incredible job with our children. When the kids come out of there, they love it. But they're meeting in a kitchen. And so we want to do that. But I want to tell you that we are coming to a stop on construction right now. Why? Because we only took up $30,000 seat off of it. That new building will cost over $200,000. We cannot do that at the level of giving in seed offering or in our regular offering. I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you how it is. Go back and look at the chart. I love this thing. It helps us. But I want you to notice how many people are carrying the weight of this church. 57% uh, of our entire congregation gives less than $1,000 a year. If you would just give your tithe. I, you, I can't do a seed offering. Fine. Tithe. If you will tithe, a full 10% tithe, first of all, you'll be blessed. But secondly, it will enable us to take the step forward, and we won't even have to do seed offerings. I'm just telling you how it is. Don't be mad at me now. Y'all been smiling at me the whole time. Now you're, you're scowling at me. I want to see, see us bless our kids. I am, I am determined and committed to that, but we're not breaking ground on that building until we can do it in such a way that it won't cost us so much 
that we have to change everything and quit doing outreach and fire everybody and turn the lights down dim so we don't use all the electricity and all that kind of stuff. No, we're not doing that. But we're going to build that building. And I don't want to wait very long. The construction company's ready. They're just waiting on us. We need to do it. But the way we got to do it is we've got to give more. And so I just encourage you when you're tithing offering, up it. Trust God. If you're giving 5%, give them 6 7 work your way up. If you're giving 10 hey, give offerings on top of that and watch him come through. And when Easter rolls around and we do seed offering again, trust God. Trust God and see if he doesn't come through. Amen. That's what I wanted to say to you today. I just want you to remember this, that he's been with us. That should encourage us to keep marching and expanding and reaching out because together he uses us to accomplish great things. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that your hand is on us. I thank you that you haven't forgotten us. God, I thank you that you, you've used this group of people to accomplish some incredible things. When we read over the list, and this is not even a full list, it is mind-boggling the difference that this body is making, not just here, but around the world. And so, Father, we thank you for that, and I pray that you would challenge us as we remember your faithfulness. You would challenge us to accomplish even more. God, I ask you to accomplish great things this year in us. I pray that when we look back at 2016, when we roll into 2016 and look back and we reflect over 2015, our jaw will hit the floor and it will be the most productive and fruitful year of our life and we will have grown in every tangible way. And Father, this is the promise we make. We'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. We will not take the credit because the credit is not ours to take. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Woody's coming to close us out. We're going to have you join us out here real quick. I promise I won't keep you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.